Hey, y'all. This is history in the making right here. Long time coming, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the TFW podcast. That's freaking wrestling. We are here, episode one. You guys are along for the journey. As I said, history in the absolute making. With me, I do have my two co-hosts, Rhodesia. How are you doing on this lovely, lovely day? Ooh, I am so excited. Um, I'm hype. I'm pumped. I can't wait to have these conversations where everybody can enjoy from us. Um, I just came from a Halloween party that I didn't get to dress up for. So I said that for those who can see this, I'm actually dressed up in my referee costume. So between you and Ishan, if y'all get out of line, I'm going to blow my whistle. But I'm so hype. No whistle blowing this way. Ishan, what is going on, my good man? What's going on, family? I'm excited, and I'm ready to talk some wrestling. Let's go. This is a long time coming, guys, as we, as we said. We are all basically lifelong wrestling fans, uh, so we are ecstatic to bring this to you guys. What you are in store for with us is absolute fun, laughter. We do not take ourselves or the sport of professional wrestling too serious. We are not going to be characters and say things for shock value. We are going to be ourselves. And you guys are absolutely going to enjoy the podcast each and every week that we drop. So this is episode one. Once again, thank you guys for coming along. And we got a lot to talk about. We are going to get right into it. This week, actually just yesterday, news broke. Uh, Allegedly, and I say allegedly because CM Punk, quote unquote, broke his silence on the AEW All Out fight. If you have not heard about it, Let me give you just a little bit of information on this. Uh, Wrestling Inc.'s Nick Hossman uh, featured yesterday. um, Now, if you guys think about it, he was also the person that CM Punk started his tirade with in the scrum for All Out. I think that's a whole nother conversation we probably can talk about a little bit later. But uh, he released some information from CM Punk's camp yesterday stating a couple things here. One, CM Punk's dog, Larry, was said to be injured Once Punk's locker room door was kicked in and accidentally hit Punk's dog, Larry, in the face. Uh, Punk felt threatened when the elite entered his locker room and reacted in a legal way under Illinois Castle Doctrine Laws, which allows for the use of force in defense of a person in their dwelling. A Steel's wife, Lucy, who was in the room at the time of the fight, was never spoken to by the third-party investigation. Punk's eye felt that what Punk stated in the scrum wasn't a big deal until everything escalated when the elite came into his locker room. How he thought that was not a big deal is beyond me, but I digress. Punk's side also described distrust of Adam Page after Page went off script and made his own comments in the promo leading up to their AEW title bout and that there was a belief the match could turn into a legit shoot fight. A lot to unpack there. Rhodesia, I am going to throw it to you. Let's start with CM Punk, because we also saw a promo yesterday for the Elite coming back, or we assume they're going to be coming back very, very, very soon. But let's start with CM Punk. Thoughts on this new information? Um, Just give me kind of what your thoughts are on that. And do you expect to see CM Punk back in AEW after his injury is healed? 
So originally, I thought we would see CM Punk back in AEW, but kind of just listening to what you just said right there and them putting all that legal jargon, all that um, cover in there, CYA, I don't think he's coming back. Um, again, number one, they didn't interview um, A. Steele's wife to kind of get her opinion there, at least as far as that report there. Again, we don't know what's happening in the background. Um, but I don't I don't think CM Punk is coming back only because this week we had saw that uh, Omega and the Bucks or the Bucks may be back this week, whereas Punk, the, his future is still kind of unknown. So I think that's pretty much telling us that Punk will not be back in AEW. Um, as far as the dog, are we going to get into that now? Or are we going to wait a little bit longer for that? Hey, if you're passionate about the dog, Larry, <laughs> go ahead and give it to us. What, what what say you about Larry? His teeth was hurt. He had a pre-scheduled dentist appointment, and that's when they found out that he had two teeth knocked out. So we're going to assume <laughs> from the story that that was due to the uh, fight at backstage of All Out. So uh, what's your thoughts on, on Larry the dog and his teeth? That's so much to unpack, and I'm not going to – oh, God. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see that. So – I do think that when the story is that Omega came in and saved the dog, right? And that the whole irony there Correct. was that Omega saved the dog and then he got bit in the process. And then he not was bit by Larry. like a dog. He was bit <laughs> like a dog. He was bit by a seal. So as far as the tooth coming out, again, I, there's no way to prove that unless it was there at that moment. Um, but for me, I do feel that I think that they went in there. They had an issue. I remember clear as day because we had the fortunate ability to be at – um, all out and I remember when we went to IHOP right after um, all out and we were watching the scrum and I'm just like what the heck is going on here like what am I watching here with CM Punk and all that and I would feel the exact same way as again what we think young bucks were as far as why did he just go and do that so I would did the same exact thing if they're saying that by them kicking in the door it knocked Larry's teeth out I think that's just a way for them covering themselves I'm not going to I wasn't there, so I don't know. But I really, really, truly feel like that was just their way of trying to cover themselves based off of that. Hey, because they did this, they did that, and they did this, they did that. They're covering themselves. I don't see CM Punk coming back at all in AEW. Um, now, will he go back to WWE? That could be another conversation for another day. Um, I feel bad for Larry, regardless if it was <laughs> if the teeth came out from the door <laughs> or if it came out from just biting a bone. I'm not exactly sure. But I do not see, to answer your question, CM Punk coming back to AEW. Got it. So then uh, before we send it over to Ishan, so when you say they, who are they? When you say they are trying to cover up, who, who are they? I'm going to probably say CM Punk and A. Steel because if this is something where Tony has said that legal is involved and they're investigating it, this is their way of covering their butt. So in order for me, because I don't know this Illinois law, which I live in Illinois, but again, I'm not a lawyer, this whole Illinois law, I think that's just their way of CYA, covering their ass. They came well, in. And because but once they again, it is me, the, so now I have it, the right to fight. It's the cast. It's the castle doctrine law. Okay, so just so you know, <laughs> it allows you for the use of force in defense of a person in their dwelling. They have to use the word dwelling. You could have said like, "Hey, you come in my area, it's going down." Like <laughs> they definitely copy and pasted that one there. Ishan, throw it to you, my good man. You were there at All Out. You were also watching the scrum live uh, on YouTube on your phone at the time. What say you? 
what's your thoughts on CM Punk? Do you think this is accurate? Do you believe this, seeing that this is the first time anybody has heard this side of the story and that happened the first week of September? And then do you see him back in AEW? Matt, Rhodesia, so much drama in the LBC. They got to be RB and Snoop D-O-double-G. Good Lord, family. Let me talk about this is just a lot of drama. Right, it's a lot of drama in a workplace that's supposed to be a positive environment. Look, I don't look poor Larry, right? I didn't actually know about the Larry situation. Um, but that's a lot, it's a lot to unpack, there's a lot going on. Um, I'm just really disappointed by the whole situation, to be honest, as a fan. Um, you know, just listening to the scrum, I have no idea how CM Punk went essentially went into business for himself um during that situation. And, of course, he had some things on his chest. He wanted to get going there and, you know, let it out. But, gosh, I mean, come on, man. He, he has to know that that's not a good look in the right place to have that kind of conversation with anybody that's involved. I know sometimes when you're doing things, you know, emotion can kind of get um, away from you. But he's an older guy, so you got to kind of have your emotions and thoughts in check going into the situation, right? And poor Tony Khan, he's, this is just popping off. And just to see his face, he's just look, he doesn't have – any idea what to do in this situation. Um, it is a horrible situation to be to put themselves into. Um, will he be back? Does he need to be back at this point? Because it's a lot of fences that need to be mended in this situation, right? And it's just it just seems very combustible. I don't know, based on what we're hearing from reports online, that people want him back in that locker room, right? Does he want to be back in that locker room? That's another question. Um, Based on what we're hearing, I would assume no. Um, my biggest question for you guys, Rhodesia, Matt, I mean, I mean, is this a, a missed opportunity? For me, I got to say yes. Huge missed opportunity if he comes back or does it come back. I'm not sure if the, the, the CM Punk return to wrestling was handled that well from the beginning. Um, the situation that led to the events that we're talking about obviously wasn't handled well before that because I, I have a hard time based on how CM Punk blew up and how this escalated. So you had to kind of see that this was going on. Um, if the temperature in the room um, wasn't checked beforehand, I'm not sure if this was handled correctly in any shape or fashion. Um, for me guys, like, look, was this a missed opportunity from the get go? And do you think that this is something that can be reconciled? I think it can be. I think anything can happen in Rustin. We know that this would not even be the biggest story of the last two decades, if Punk was to come back and return next year. We've seen Bret Hart go back to WWE. We've seen Goldberg go back to WWE. I mean, we've seen a lot of never-say-never type situations occur in wrestling. So I wouldn't be surprised at all. I do think that Punk's uh, one-year run was really, really good. I think, of course, we can just look at ticket sales and buy rates and business to see that, hey, he was a draw. He is a draw. So I think if we looked at it in just a capsule and say, hey, was that one year we had CM Punk worth it? Absolutely it was. Um, now, will he come back? I hope he does because there is so much money on the table for a CM Punk heel run in AEW based off of what we think we know that happened and what we do know that happened. We're going to talk about MJF later on in this episode looking to become a, a face. Now, granted, once again, word is Punk was going to be out for nine months anyway. Could you imagine a heel 
CM Punk versus a face MJF. You talk about, once again, packing an arena and selling out pay-per-views and all that. I think that is massive opportunity. But, hey, we got we to gotta see if they can put it to the side or not. I'm actually uh, hopeful that we're, we will see him back just because of how quick the Bucks and Kenny seem to be back because we saw the promo last night uh, with them. But, Rhodesia, what's your thoughts on that? So, my problem is that we have always seen or have always heard that AEW was a wonderful work environment, right? That everything is like you come and it's family and it's good and locker room feels great. And I kind of maybe felt initially, and again, hindsight is twenty twenty, and I'm probably just saying that because we are on this side of it. But it almost felt like they made Punk bigger than AEW when they brought him in. So I, for years I used to have this issue with a whole with Vince, no one's bigger than the WWE. And I almost feel like that happened here with AEW. Now, again, he had been gone for seven years. I have never been a part of anything with a return like Punk coming back before. And I think it was all justified. I think that he absolutely um, should have gotten all the popping circumstances that he did get. But I felt like maybe they put Punk over AEW. And so when you have the AEW brand of the original OGs, the founders, like we saw in that Thanos video, right, that hey, this is who founded AEW, and you put something above that, I think that's naturally going to mess up the whole work environment. So for me, I just really feel like if he comes back, you're absolutely right. We kind of even saw with the MJF, and we'll go over that, like you said, in Dynamite, kind of that kind of phase, what's really about to happen there, that is going to be so much money made. But do we want that in the work environment? So that's kind of how I'm like, maybe, maybe not. And that's my thoughts. Absolutely, Rhodesia. I, I definitely get that. Um, I just kind of, gosh, I feel like it's just so much more they could have done with him. But at the end of the day, if he was injured, he's going to be out for a significant amount of time. It might have been some time so we got that reward anyway. Um, I'm just happy to see the Bucks um, and Kenny finally returning to TV. Um, you know, I was interested in seeing what they were going to do with their uh, six-man title run. Um, I kind of feel like, you know, we... Those titles are kind of in the limbo. Um, I'm looking to see possibly the Young Bucks interacting with these new tag teams because I feel like they're starting to heat this tag team division up again. So I'm really close. I mean, I'm very interested to see what they're going to do next. What do you say? What say you, Matt? You know what? You know what I loved about that that promo like yesterday? One, we didn't know it was going to be a promo, right? News had just kind of leaked out about an hour before Dynamite that, hey, uh, their return will be Im- imminent. They had that promo in the tuck. And what I loved about that video package was – they are they to me. It looks like they're leaning into what happened without talking about what happened. Of course, we know there's probably a ton of legalities with what's going on, so we're not going to hear about this is what happened with CM Punk backstage on TV. I don't need that. But for that video package to kind of show, hey, there wouldn't be AW without the elite. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was great. I think it adds a ton of intrigue with when they do come back. To your point, they won the trios championship. Right now, they're going to have to completely change. They can't just come back next Wednesday and say, "Hey, we're going after Trio's championship again." That that uh, that ain't going to work. We need to completely veer off course and do something big with the Bucks and with Kenny. I am ecstatic. I think we're, I think we should have them for full gear. That is a shot in the arm that pay per view needs. We now know that it's going to be MJF and John Moxley, uh, and then if we get the Bucks, uh, we get Hangman with them too, and we get Kenny Omega. Uh, you're back cooking. You're back cooking again. Uh, Rhodesia, what was your thoughts on that video package we saw last night? 
<laughs> oh my god i had to watch it a few different times because i'm like what was i actually watching here and how clever was it because every single part that they showed in that video i was there so when they were i think it was down in in tampa bay when they first announced AEW, i remember us being on our YouTube watching television or watching it as they were holding those press press conferences. We were so hype again. We love AEW. We we've been very passionate about kind of this um as far as what we want to see in pro wrestling. So every little snippet that they showed was kind of like a homage to those people who were actually there from day one before he even became all elite when was it Dave Metzler had challenged them saying that they're not going to be able to sell it out and what did they do they did sell out so in what I forgot how many minutes or seconds it was but for me I felt so good seeing that I'm call it the Thanos video uh, with Thanos 33 second clip I remember all those situations I remember all those images and it just felt so good to watch it because I'm like and I've shared this with both of y'all you know how I felt when Punk was at that scrum and how he was going off disrespecting the whole AEW and Tony Khan I thought that he was completely out of line and I'm ready to go on a record for that he was completely out of line on how he conducted himself he is a veteran he is a leader that should not have happened at the scrum but to answer back to your question is that it felt so good seeing that that 33 second clip um, of the Bucks and Omega because they did find All Elite Wrestling. Again, we didn't talk about Cody, but Cody was part of that too. But All Elite Wrestling is them because I see you even wrestling. You wearing the Elite shirt? Uh, they they can't see it, but you're wearing the Elite shirt. That tells me right there that you know how I feel as well. Hey, real quick too, uh, I just want to make sure that I say this line again. Uh, Punk side felt what Punk stayed in the scrum wasn't a big deal until everything escalated when the elite came to his locker room. And I only repeat that because you said that he was out of line and Punk's camp is saying that he was not out of line. Wasn't that big of a deal. He's just talking. He's just trying to sell tickets. Right. And that's probably what it is. Um, all right, guys, let's switch topics. Let's go to Bray Wyatt. Uh Massive return at Extreme Rules a couple weeks ago. Of course, we knew that those video packages, the QR codes, was all leading up to uh, Bray Wyatt coming back. He did come back, and since then, we've seen two uh, really strong, incredible, fantastic, deep promos from him. Ishan, I'm going to set the table for you, man. Uh, give us your thoughts about Bray Wyatt. It was on the table for a long time. I think we kind of thought maybe he would be going to AW months and months ago. That didn't happen. Are you happy to see him back in WWE? Uh, and then can I say, kind of give us your thoughts on what the return was like for you and those promos ever since. Guys, I'm so excited. And I just can't hide it. I mean, I think it's phenomenal. Uh, I've been waiting for Bray Wyatt to come back for some time. I don't, I don't know why. You know, look, I, this is when I know Vince was getting over the hill and it was time for a reset. It was time for a change. Enough is enough, and it was time for a change. You understand what I'm saying to you? It's when they got rid of Bray Wyatt because I was so hot on, on Bray Wyatt. Now, I know there was some creative things that people weren't in, but I thought The Fiend was an interesting character. I've always thought that Bray Wyatt was an interesting character, so I love what he's doing. I think that anything he does pretty much turns into gold. Um, I love what they're doing. Um, I, I don't know. I kind of don't know where they're going with the whole thing. Um, it looks like, you know, you got Bray trying to be himself, right? Um, but it seems that there's there's something else going on, right? Now, there's a different entity. There's a different personality. I don't know. This is going to be kind of like a three 
faces of fear type thing like you know like uh mick foley did which would be interesting right because i think that there still is a lot of mileage in the fiend character i think there was a lot of mild mileage left in the old bray wyatt character um so i'm definitely interested in seeing what's going to happen with him i'm here for the journey i'm so excited to have the wwe back in my life i love where they're going full throttle so yeah rhodesia what do you think so for the Bray Wyatt return, I did have a question, but I'm going to kind of address that question first. Man, how powerful was it when he came back and he said, guys, I'm just trying to be me. I, I don't remember the exact quote. It's just me here. It was just so passionate and so strong to hear that because we've never seen that. He said as such, I, you've never seen this side of me. This is just me. And then, of course, right after that, everything went out. And then we saw that what we saw on the Titan Tron. But it was so powerful and passionate like this is a troubled individual you know who is he you know and and in the real world there are people who battle with different type of personalities and different things like that of course this is for entertainment purposes but man it was so powerful i really loved it i do have one quick question because i think that this has kind of been on the twitter do you think and i probably sound like an old person when i said on the twitter but do you, you think yeah you definitely knowing- did <laughs> i was like wow are you 50 years old but- do you think us knowing having those those QR codes in the bunny? We knew it could the white rabbit. It was only going to be from a few different people. But do you think us knowing that he was coming back ahead of time changed the ex, not maybe not the excitement level, but do you think that it kind of overall changed his return? I don't think so, and I would say uh, point to the crowd reaction that he got in Philly. People who were in the building said that that was one of the loudest reactions they had ever heard. There you go. That that gives your answer. People are so wrapped up in everything has to be a surprise. Everything has to be a secret. Or, oh, man, we saw that coming a mile away. When it's done right, it doesn't matter. It, we can see it coming a mile away. But if it's done properly, it is still incredible stuff. And what I appreciated from the entire Bray Wyatt return was the work they put into everything from the QR codes to the bunnies in the crowd to, I mean, all of it, you know, things backstage during different conversations and promos that was connected to Bray Wyatt that you got to really be looking to pay attention. And you know what? Shout out again, shout out, shout out triple H and the team over in WWE, just giving us things like that to be able to sink our teeth into when you have people online who are breaking down old promos of his, old lyrics of songs, <laughs> and connecting the dots to, hey, and then you GPS it, and the GPS connects to this place. I just think it's phenomenal. I think that, so this is what's interesting with me. When, I, when he first was released, of course, this is when they were going through their layoffs, and I'm like, hey, go to AEW. Go to AEW, Bray. You can kill it. You watch that return, and I'm like, Bray, I'm glad you held out. I'm glad you didn't go to AEW. We would not have gotten that spectacle that we got at Extreme Rules or subsequently that next Friday's promo that we had, we would not have gotten that in AEW. Uh, so I am so happy that he's back in, a- in WWE where he can use his creative juices and there's money behind him. It looks like they are going to go full throttle. What I'm so interested with this is he's battling himself. When do we see him in the ring? Is it anytime soon? Is it the rumble? Is it later than that? You know, because everything he's going through is internal battles or what it perceives to be 
internal battle. So that's really what I, I'm excited to see. Ishan, I'll give you the last word on this one. What you got? I think you guys are totally right um, on the storytelling aspect, especially going back to uh, anticipation. I feel like when you there's a blockbuster movie coming out, I feel like when there's teaser videos, um, you know, it all it does is add to to the excitement, right? It's okay to kind of uh, to accept the uh, to expect something, and it's great when you when you anticipate it happening, when you can't wait to see, it, and that's exactly what they gave us. I feel like. Too many times in wrestling, we feel like we got to work the audience and we got to work the boys and work the fans. No, sometimes it's cool to do old-fashioned builds and storytelling and say, hey, this is coming, this is what you're going to get, and us to get excited for it, to see it happen. And I think it's phenomenal. Um, you know, I think we talked about it before and maybe in private that I don't know if we would have got um, these QR codes in this video and this presentation during the Vince era. You know, we'll never know but I'm glad that we're getting it. I don't know if AEW would have had the production to actually give us what, we get, what we're getting um, on this Bray Wyatt turn. So I think the stars are in line. I think everything in a lot of ways happens for a reason. You know, in life, a lot of times that happens, right? So, mm-hmm. hey, I'm, 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 again, I can't say it enough. I'm excited to, to be excited about WWE TV. Uh, I think it's a great time to be a fan and to be a fan of WWE. Beautiful. Excellent. All right, so last topic for today. Uh, I am hoping Tony Khan has been checking out our Twitter. Hey, if you're not following us on Twitter, give us a follow. All right, that's FNW. I have been preaching for weeks. They need to turn MJF face and put that company on their back. You watch last night. Seemingly, it looks like MJF is going face, but who knows, right? You, You can't call yourself the devil. And then completely turn face. Let's talk about it real quick. Uh, Rhodesia. So you saw it last night. Uh, first, MJF comes out, has a promo with Renee, which was fantastic. Does a hilarious Moxley impersonation. Uh, Renee's like, are you kidding me right now? Uh, she, well, she's, she's done such a good job in these first two weeks. Just her mannerisms, her nonverbal expressions and language is fantastic. But uh, So they're kind of going through that thing. Stokely comes out, they get into it, and then we fast forward to the end of the main event last night with Moxley. Uh, The firm comes down, puts hands on Moxley after MJF says, hey, don't touch him. I want him 110% at full gear. And then they beat up MJF, leave him laying, put him through a table. I am hoping this is not somehow, some way, a fake uh, turn where he's still down with the firm and this was all a master plan. There was some scuttlebutt about that on Twitter yesterday. I guess that's what happened with Bully Ray and Aces and Eights back in Impact years ago. I'm hoping they don't do that. Whenever you put hands on somebody, I think that's a slippery slope. Uh, and I also think that if you do a, a fake face turn, and we just saw that kind of in, in AEW, uh, when it is time to pull that trigger, the fans may not be invested. Um, MJF, face, heel, Tweener and thoughts. Rhodesia, what you got? Um, Renee, can I take the mic? <laughs> First off, that was so funny. So amazing. So clever. Because I'm like, there's no way possible he's going to allow Renee to hold the mic while he talks. <laughs> he talks so passionate. I Whatever. Okay. So I digress. So at that time, I'm like, oh, my God. He is like the ultimate heel. You coming out and you saying you're the devil, right? All my devil worshipers and da-da-da-da. I just knew. I knew he was a bad guy. But to your point, 
you know, you say that once you put hands on somebody, that kind of changes it. So then I'm thinking, okay, he's face. He comes out at the end. He gets stumped out. But then me just knowing MJF, I'm like, is those stumps really stumps or those fake stumps? <laughs> so to me, I don't, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. I just know that I'm here for the ride, the the heel, the face, the heel, the face. This is something I have to give Bravo kudos to Tony, to MJF, and everybody involved in that storyline because this is kind of what we've always talked about. What what we think AEW could do better at is in telling the story. I'm just along for the ride. So let me ask you real quick. Um, if it was up to you, you got the pencil. Do you keep MJF as your number one heel? Or do you turn him? And if you turn him, he's going to be your number one baby face by a long margin. What are you doing? I don't know. Because before, like, the Roman Reigns situation, I would have said, no, you just keep him heel. Um, um, or you, it, if we turn him face it's going to be kind of the slippery slope. Do you not want a uh, kind of inherently bad guy being your face? I don't know. So if I had the pen, I would say that he would have to kind of be like that, that tweener is what you call it. He's going to have to be, I don't think MJF will ever be truly a true face. I think deep down in his core, kind of like what we get with Dr. Britt Baker, kind of what we get with Sasha Banks. They're going to always kind of naturally be that heel built in Jericho, um, Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson kind of always that heel deep down inside. They could do facious stuff. You know, I'm not a crackhead. I'm crackish or whatever they said, <laughs> he said in that video or in that comedy. So I think that MJF will always be naturally a heel. Can you make money off of him both ways? Absolutely. I just don't know who would be then the, the heel for him if he was the ultimate face. Did you just compare MJF to a crackhead? No. Is that, is that the headline out of episode one of That's Freaking Wrestling Podcast is MJF's a crackhead? Wow. No. All right. Well, I, I think we got our trailer clip for that. That's Each all time. you heard out of this? Out That's of this all I got. Breakdown. That's all I you heard. I heard nothing oh else but MJF is a crackhead. That may be a sign that uh, we bring to Dynamite. Eshawn, <laughs> what you got, man? Hey, going back, to, uh, piggybacking on the on the face or heel turn. Um, so, well, actually, before I say that, let hey. Kudos to MJF and Tony Khan because this is an interesting story and keyword story, right? And we're getting to that a little bit later. Um, but look, I think Bully Ray said a, a lot of times, right? Kiss, keep it simple, stupid, right? I don't think tweeners work. I don't not at, at a high level. I think you had Steve Austin. Was Steve Austin at his height of his run a true tweener? No, I was, I, he had heel tendencies, but he definitely was a baby. He definitely oh, was a baby, yeah. right? And that's what you're going to get with MJF. He needs to be a, a, a baby. Should he? Is, can he be an asshole? But he can be our asshole, right? And right. he's going to be a face to our audience because he's has some some asshole tendencies, but he's our asshole and we love him. That's who he's going to be, and that's who he needs to be. Does he need to be heel or face? He needs to be a face. Period. He's arguably right now the hottest character in their universe, right? Much like Roman is the hottest character in the WWE universe, but he's a heel, right? He and he goes against the babies, right? Right now, MJF needs to be the baby. He needs to be their top guys, and they need to build heels for him to take out. I think it's an excellent time for him right now. Uh, I love the chemistry between he and Renee. <laughs> and Renee has 
awesome chemistry with almost anybody, right? And that's right. the beauty of her. I mean, she can kind of bring out the chemistry the best of anybody. And I think she it's a perfect uh, thing for her because I, I like Tony, but Renee is a significant upgrade. Uh, I think that was a fantastic segment that MJF was in. It's always a fantastic um, segment where MJF is in. He's almost must-see TV for AEW almost each and every week. Um, so, like, I love what he's doing. I love the story that they're telling um, in this situation. Um, and, look, and the question is, like, hey, does he need to be the champion coming out of the, this next pay-per-view coming up? Absolutely. I, I, I guess not, maybe not absolutely. I'm not necessarily sure how would I think does he need to win the championship. But it needs to be soon. What say well, you, Matt? And especially now, if, you, if you're talking him turning face, that changes the game. Well, I, I got a couple of questions. One, so we're looking at face versus face at Full Gear. They are in Jersey, so the crowd's going to be 90-10 MJF anyway because he's going to lean into the, being from Jersey. So they're going to probably boo Moxley regardless, kind of just what it was like in Chicago with Moxley and Punk uh, back in All Out. Um, my only worry, like I said, I've been banging this drum since he's been back. Turn him babyface, of course, but don't change anything about his character. Instead of him talking about the faces in the crowd, now he's going to talk about heels the same way. My only worry is who can get heat on MJF. In order to be a babyface, you got to get heat on that person to get the sympathy. And with how witted he is, you know, difference was, you know, the rock was left laying every week. We knew that, right? So I I guess physicality-wise, you can get heat on MJF. Nobody's going to touch him on the mic, though. It's kind of the same way with Austin and Rock. Nobody touched them on the mic. Uh, it was a lot of beatdowns and, you know, 301s and, and things of that nature. But I, I am absolutely here for this. I, I think they have an opportunity to really drive some great television over these next, I think we have three weeks, right, until full gear? Uh, three paper or three Wednesdays? We do. Yep, we got the 3rd, the 10th, and the 17th because full gear is on the 19th of November. So they got three weeks to really put some steam behind this. Um I just hope they don't misstep. And what I mean by that is don't pump fake. Don't act like he turned heel or he turned face and then it turns out the firm and they were all together. I I think that can create some damage because then you can make the crowd be indifferent about everybody involved. So um, there you go on on that piece. Uh, Was there anything else from uh, Dynamite that you guys want to talk about? We just had Dynamite, of course, a couple days ago. We do have, uh, by the time you guys hear this, SmackDown would have probably already happened. We're taping on Thursday, so we do not see uh, SmackDown for this week until next week uh, or from Raw. Is there anything from Raw or from Dynamite you guys want to bring up before we get out of here? So really quickly, I do want to push back a little bit on the whole MJF thing. Yes, I think selfishly I do want to see MJF go face. But here's the thing. We know that you have to have a heel that's going to rival or be better than that face. And there's just nobody, I think, in AEW that's going to be able to do that. There's not. So, yes, I want MJF to be face because it's going to want to sell money. People are going to be hyped. But there is just nobody in AEW right now, maybe with the exception of Kenny Omega. But, again, we need time for that, for them to challenge him and be a rival. We know the big names. You have to be a stronger heel. And then that face is always going to work to fight. He's always going to fight. That face can't be on top. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I'm going to let that be there. But I just don't think there's anybody in AEW right now, today, that maybe within three weeks is going to be able to be that heel to MJF um, face. Now, back to your uh, question as far as – 
I'll go into this the heat discussion, uh, Rhodesia. Um, I de- so you think about The Rock back in his heyday, right? There wasn't a lot of people that can touch The Rock from a character or from a mic standpoint outside of Stone Cold, but they were both were like dueling, you know, top babies at the time. And I could see the thing about and Matt touched on it, the physicality standpoint. Like he's not a big guy, right? He has a, he looks great. And he's in great physical condition. You can tell that. But he's under six feet. He's actually even mentioned that, right? So the the threat from him was going to be physically, right? You got Christian, who's a great heel, right? If he's six, uh, Luchasaurus on it, like it, he can be an underdog, especially in the ring, because he's not he doesn't he does, he's not physically imposing himself, right? Now he can get, you know, laughs on cracking on the heels, but definitely if you got like a, a firm coming at him. Um, with a retooled, uh, I'm not sure what's going on um, with, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, I want to call him Big Cass. Uh, I'm not, I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, but you think about like somebody like that, that's physically, he's definitely, he can dominate um, you know, un, uh, MJF, and he can build some sympathy from a physical standpoint. No one's going to touch him on the microphone. The only person that's going to come close to being in that stratosphere would be a guy like a Christian. But I think definitely you know, him being an underdog, Physically, is still going to work for him. I think you're going to see want to root for him, you know, via his mouth. And then also, let's say uh, a firm or another heel team, you know, puts the boots on him, gives him a good beat down, right? Like it's very realistic to like want to see him overcome that, right? Because he can't, you know, physically he's not going to be there for him. Um, but just going back to, um, you know, AEW and the stories, I feel like there's a lot of stories they can tell there. I think it's going to be very interesting. Um, one of our biggest complaints about that about that company was the lack of stories at times. I think coming out of this dynamite, there's a quite a few stories, right? You got the whole BCC thing going on with, uh, Uta and, and Daniel Bryan. I think that's going to be intriguing. I love how they had, you know, uh, Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson with the interview with Renee. And then, you know, whether Uta walks up on them, um, after his match and they're having that talk, I thought that was great. Um, and you know, definitely you think, uh, with FTR and the guns, you know, costing FTR uh, that uh, that shot. You know, so that's definitely a story that's continuing. And then, with that being said, you continue the story with the swerving in, in, in our glory, along with the uh, along with the acclaimed. Um, yeah. So shout shout out really- to those boys too. Shout out to those boys. Match of the night last night. That tag match was off mm-hmm. the charts. Phenomenal. That was so, off the charts. I'm really excited for about AEW TV right now. What you guys got? Well, so you, so, so you brought up you, so real quick, Rhodesia, you brought up W. Morrissey. E. Uh, he was he actually put MJF through the table last night, so that was the last thing that we saw on Dynamite. So to your point of hey, getting some of that sympathy, you got a big guy there uh, that is seven three four and seven feet tall, and you can't teach that. Was able to put MJF through the table and left him laying. Uh, so we'll see once again if, if that is the lead up to the pay per view. Is MJF just going after the firm? Um, but then I, I tell you, and I've been talking about Ethan Page forever. That guy is money, and I hope we see it sooner rather than later. Um, that may be where we kind of yeah. go for the next few weeks with MJF because uh, he hit him with the you know his version of the Razor's Edge last night, which was beautiful. But uh, that could be where we're going. But yeah, but duly noted around the kind of the size piece and how and how you can get some of that heat. What were you about to say, Rhodesia? Yeah. So um, I was going to talk about how um, Morrissey. He's not going to be able to hold a candle against um, MJF size or on the mic. I'm sorry. He's just not. But to your point, I think what I took away from that beatdown last night was 
um, Ethan Page. My God, he looked like a million bucks. When he did that razor edge and kind of threw him across to the other side of the ring, oh, my God, how beautiful was that? I I walked away from, from seeing that. I thought Ethan Page was the leader at that point. Sure, you got Morrissey as your big top dog as far as size-wise and height, but I took away from that it being Ethan Page. Oh, yeah, definitely Ethan Page is somebody who – has the goods to go. I'm looking forward to seeing more from him. I think he's going to be a fantastic hill. I don't think they've 100% given him the chance. So now I guess it's his time to go. And I'm looking I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Lastly, Monday Night Raw, um, not the best show. <laughs> Probably Triple H's <laughs> worst show so far. Hey, I, I'm all good. We, you cannot be perfect and great 52 weeks out of the year. Uh, but they definitely stubbed their toe on Raw Monday. Ratings kind of showed it. Got, I think they got about a 1.6, which is down for them, even though they're going against Monday Night Football. Still a, a number that is not the best. Like I said, hey, d- dust yourself off, pick it up, come back next week, but definitely not a, uh, a great show by any means on Monday. So we'll see what they do on SmackDown this week, which should be a big show. Roman Reigns is back. Why, once again, by the time you guys hear this, we would have already seen SmackDown, so hopefully there's some good pieces we could talk about next week. But next week, we got to break down Crown Jewel. That is next weekend, uh, and there's some other things, of course, I'm sure that will come up. That is going to be big, big news for us to kind of talk about. Ishan and Rhodesia, before we get up out of here, anything you guys want to speak on? I just want to thank the two of you for being here and doing this with us collectively as a group. I think for decades we have been always talking about wrestling, and we've been had some very passionate, that's the word I'm going to use here, is passionate conversations um, when it comes to wrestling. And I'm just so happy that we're able to actually share with those who want to hear it. So thank you, too. I love the both of you very much, and I'm so excited. Shout that out for sure. And shout out to everybody who's listening once again. Thank you guys for coming on the ride with That's Freaking Wrestling. Long time coming for us. We are guaranteed to give you guys some great content or your money back. Speaking of content, YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube page. That's freaking wrestling. Already talked about Twitter earlier. Uh, Some really good content over there. That's FNW. And then, of course, for the podcast, if you are listening to the audio form, leave us a review and a five-star rating. And also, tell us what you think, either through Twitter, through YouTube, on the comments, on the podcast, we talked about a lot today. We talked about MJF, face turn, yay or nay. We talked about CM Punk. We talked about the Bucks. And we talked about Bray Wyatt. Give us your guys' thoughts uh, so we can see what you guys think about those topics as well. Once again, thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you guys next week. <laughs>